All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? What's up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. I am your host, Daniel DeBona, and if you're watching us live, you will notice that Dave is not here with me today. Uh, Dave's got a lot going on right now, and I think he had, uh, like, meet the teacher open house tonight at his school, so he wasn't able to. We wanted to keep the show going. We're on a good roll here without taking weeks off, so I've gone out and gotten a very good friend of mine, very good friend of the show, guy who's on his third episode now, definitely knows what he's doing. I am joined by Nick Hardy tonight. Nick, how you doing, man? Doing great. Glad to be here yet again. Yes, I'm I'm very happy you could do this because we just found out like Monday that, yeah. um, that we that uh, Dave wasn't going to be able to be here. So I went and got Nick started kind of combing through movies because we had an idea. Normally, if you're if you listen to the show a lot, you know, end of the month, we usually do like a mega classic. This is when we try to squeeze in some universal monsters, some stuff like that. And that's what we had planned. But I cannot in good conscience do a universal monster movie without dave so we're going to take the monster that we were going to do this week and we're going to replace it with a very different monster than what has been seen in a lot of horror movies as we are doing the movie antlers released in 2021 uh this movie i got really excited at first because i saw guillermo del toro attached to it but then i realized he was just a producer um but it's <laughs> and it kind of shows but we'll get to that um but it is something that's kind of popped up like it, it's been on a lot of different streaming apps and the cover art for it's incredible it sucked me in it's one i've been looking at for a while and uh so i reached out to nick and asked if he wanted to do antlers and he graciously said yes so as we get into talking about the actual movie antlers was a take on a monster movie and they tried to do something different. They tried to create a lot of layers. There's some native lore here. Um, there's a source monster who's been in a couple of things, but is not super familiar territory for a lot of, for a lot of people. But the big question is, let's just come out of the gate and answer it. Nick, did antlers scare you? So I think that it did. Um, well, the monster, in antler scared me and the the premise behind the actual monster uh is scary of course which is why they went out and got that lore for the right. monster itself um excuse me while i look at my notes down here <laughs> um i think the monster was scary to me in the movie because mostly it was hidden for 95 percent of the movie um you only really get to see a little quick shot of it at the beginning and you see these antlers just ravaging Frank who right turns out to not get killed by it. Um, and then, um, you know, the next you have, uh, the next time you see it, um, it's shooting from Frank's mouth. Yeah. A real quick scene. Uh, then you get the shot of it jumping out of a tree. You don't really get to see it until, um, 
whenever it kills Dan, it shoots its the, the police officer just punctures him through his chest with its horn or with his antlers um, in a very easy fashion. Yes. And then you that the first time you really get to see it is before he knocks Paul unconscious. Um, yeah. And, and I think that was the main thing that was scary about it to me. I mean, I guess he was still even scary whenever she was fighting him in the cage because supposedly he was supposed to be weaker after eating so many humans. That, yeah, that, that, that part got a little wonky, yeah. but yeah, I believe so. I like, he was, he was weakened because they, they, they portray the Wendy. Uh, it's, it's a Wendigo. Um, yeah. In case we haven't said that yet, it is a Wendigo and they portray it as the Wendigo lore is you constantly crave and you're hungry all the time. But then when you eat, you become weaker. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he had just, he had just fed. So I guess that gave her the upper hand. Yeah. But I guess that's why it was scared of the fire in that scene, but not scared of the fire when Frank was holding it. And it yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah. 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 We'll get back around Which, to that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I thought it was even scary then because she's like stabbing it multiple times and she sticks the thing in it, the big metal rod and it yep. just stands there and rips it out and drops it on the ground. And I was like, she's done for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, and then you have like those scary scenes of her past that, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, but that's more, we'll talk. I, I can talk more on that later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think as a whole, um, the movie itself probably isn't that scary but the monster the way the monster is presented makes it more scary than it than i think it actually is yeah that's that's exactly how i feel about it i think that on the whole i think that they attempted an an atmospheric creepiness and scare yeah. here but they didn't quite pull off in the way they thought they did uh, the 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 shots were pretty i mean it, but that's oh, yeah. You know, they, they filmed it, I think, in like Nova Scotia is where they filmed this. It was supposed to be Oregon um, yeah. where it was set. But they they had it's a beautiful scenery to oh, work yeah. with. And I don't think that they accomplished the, the atmosphere that they were after. And I think that that led to the movie's biggest downfall. And that is, yeah, as a whole, it's not scary. There are some scary parts. And, yeah, I think the monster is very scary. When you do finally see the Wendigo that's where you go. Okay, yeah, I can see where Gamma Del Toro mm -hmm. had his hands in this. That that makes sense. I get this, but the, the all of the lead up to that, uh, unfortunately for me, this movie kind of commits the cardinal sin of it's boring a lot of the times. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not. I think there are a lot of times in this movie when they think they're creating tension. And they're trying to accomplish something where you're so on edge all the time, waiting to see the monster or waiting to see what happens next that you're always kind of scared, but they never really pull that off. Yeah. This, this movie reminds me of when we did session nine a couple weeks back, because I think that there was a great big picture here. I think that there was a great idea of going into this native lore, which is honestly something that is not explored as often as you would think in American cinema, since it's native mm -hmm. American, American Indians, you know, lore. And so they, they get into that and they find something that's genuinely terrifying and they bring it forward. But then the idea just 
then it just seems like a lot of other stuff was just just ideas piled on ideas. Yeah. As as we when we get into talking about the story, there's there's things that just kind of dead end. There's there's things that that seem unnecessarily added. There's some weird choices that they made here that I think keep this movie from being scary as you watch through it. And it it takes so long till you see the Wendigo. We talked mm-hmm. on what well, you yeah, you were on it on Child's Play. We talked about how we benefit from the fact that you don't see Chucky a lot. Yeah. The problem here is we don't even get like glimpses or really cool scenes of maybe what the Wendigo is doing until deep into the movie. They yeah. try to establish this atmosphere of some weird drama um, honestly, the, one of the scariest things, and we talked for a second about this, uh, off air, one of the scariest things for me is as a teacher having to watch what a teacher's going through when she sees a child who is obviously neglected, malnourished, um, and possibly probably abused. Yeah. And that that was scary to me. Uh, because I can, I can, I can relate to the 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 teacher aspect of that and being stuck in a situation where you want to do something, but there's only so much you can do, and there's there's evidence, and there's this and that. That part's scary, but that was, I don't know if, if they intend. They were like, yeah, teachers are going to get how scary this part <laughs> is, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I just you're the target audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that one hit home. So you know, thanks for that. But I just. When it comes down to it, there was so much of this movie where I was just like, Ugh, like, what is what is even happening right now? Or what are what are you trying to build towards? What are you getting towards next? And I yeah. just kept finding myself bored with it. And, okay. you know, we've done plenty of movies on this show where story has not lived up. And sometimes and if if stories if, if story doesn't go anywhere, you, you got to have good action and, or, you know, if your story is supposed to be tense, you've just got to work harder on that tension. Yeah. And in this, we got a story that had a lot of layers and a, a lot of moving parts. And so you're trying to figure out the whole time what's going on. I mean, they did come out of the box immediately and show us the scene of Frank getting, uh, massacred, mauled by something with antlers, right? And you're like, oh, okay, the movie's called Antlers, sure. And so you you get that right away, but then as it just kept going, like I don't know, like they would they would build to these weird pieces of something that happened to Carrie Russell, and sometimes less is more. But in this situation, like they gave us this weird medium amount that didn't equal anything but they showed us too much to kind of let us imagine what might have happened if that makes any sense yeah it does. like they they took away the ability for us to just assume what happened but then didn't describe it enough and so there were parts of the story that were kind of weird some of it played out what about what did you think what like about the story kind of as a whole how it paced all of that what do you think about the story here in antlers so obviously there's a lot of working parts going on here you have uh, what um, Julia and Paul are going through with right. their dad. You have, you know, the uh, the kid Lucas and his brother and dad Frank that are obviously from a, a very troubled household that, that yeah. uh, 
makes Sells money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then that obviously leads to his downfall. Um, and then, you know, you have the Wendigo, uh, who they try to portray as this mysterious creature until they make it, um, very real. Um, but, um, as far as, as you were saying with the, with the story with Julia and her father and Paul, they they do show you a little bit and I, I kept finding myself thinking did they give me enough or right. you know like would would more have helped the movie or or not i don't know that more of the story behind her would have helped the movie i think the movie would have been just fine not even including that 15 minutes and there um, and that therein lies the problem, right? That's why I'm yeah. saying like they hit this weird sticky middle ground where they made it seem like a vital part of the movie. But then when it's over, you realize it would have been the same movie without that. Yeah. Like, I don't think that I don't think that you had to build in this. I mean, you could have very easily still had uh, Julia, Carrie Russell's character, mentioned that her mom had died yeah. and been able to relate to this kid without like this without the the weird like i said like you said it's just they gave us the wrong amount i needed more or i needed less yeah. because when it was all said and done it just wasn't vital that i i think the mystery behind that not being there or being there and not being enough is the only thing about that part of the story that makes it somewhat compelling to the audience because you kind of do want more, but then, you know, if you think about it, you're like, well, I didn't even need that at all. Um, right. Obviously Lucas had, I mean, they could have done the whole movie just talking about Lucas and his family and left out the weavers side of the family and not weavers. I think Lucas's family was the weavers, whatever, uh, Paul and, and, uh, Oh yeah. The meadows, Julia. Family. Yeah. The meadows, they could have left their side of the story out and did the whole movie focused around Lucas with them as like side characters. And it would have been, you know, uh, probably a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I think that when, when you look at the story here, you, you start off strong, then you hit a lull. Okay. I get it. This is, you know, uh, this is your, your exposition, section of the movie and you you get like you said there's 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 a lot of moving pieces here mm -hmm. and there's a lot of the pieces of this story that that seem like they can be really compelling they just seem to kind of run with the wrong ones yeah. i think that lucas's art was awesome like oh, that yeah, was, was such a great storytelling element and uh to to understand what he's going through but then at the same time, Lucas's story, which is what we should have been focused on, was backburnered to to Julia's story, to, to Carrie Russell's mm -hmm. story. Yeah. And when we do like when we do finally get the pieces of his puzzle, it's like a 90 second montage. Yeah. And I, the movie definitely could have used more of him dealing with that in real time instead of just instead of just giving it all to us at once yeah and it led to the weird pacing that i think left this movie feeling boring see, see they could have instead of doing the whole three weeks later bit 
which uh, when I first saw that, I, I thought of Rick and Morty when they do the the purging episode. When <laughs> Morty kicks him out, of, he's like, uh, he's like, do you wish it was three weeks earlier where you were still alive? <laughs> Instead of doing that three weeks later bit, they could have given us, you know, 15 minutes of what was happening with Lucas and his family. And then, yes. you know, without even revealing the monster, they didn't even have to do that. They could have just shown his dad and, and his brother devolving. Yes. Um, instead of giving us the whole Julia and Paul thing. Yeah, that, that I didn't think about it like that, but you're right. That would have been a far more compelling story because Lucas is who deserved the spotlight in this. I think and so. I think that part of what they were doing with the whole Julia thing was, you know, they were they were they were trying to create something where we'd where we'd feel for her and and obviously she was abused. There's a really weird scene where her dad yeah. is naked, crying on the bed, <laughs> and he's like cuddling one of her stuffed animals. But there's no but context. None. You don't know. No context. Like it it makes no sense. Like I don't know if they were like, well, we want to get across that she was sexually abused, and it's like it looks that looks like he was sexually yeah. abused. Like. <laughs> Like I've seen that scene before, but it's usually after something awful happens to a person and it takes place in a shower. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was, it was so out of left field and all these things were, and I guess they were things that they were again, trying to create this atmosphere where things were unsettling at one point when she's playing the piano and she just like looks down and there's like a kid in a grate, like yeah, under yeah. the piano. And it's like, yeah. was that her? I don't know. That was supposed to be her because later in the movie, she tells Paul, she was like, you didn't have to hide under the grate in the floor yeah. for him to come home or whatever. But like, if you're hiding in that grate, you're not doing a very good job because he was standing right next to her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's just, they, they did, they created all these layers, but like we said, that storyline never goes anywhere. It leads to Lucas not getting enough time and it all just, it all just kind of swirls around like they in it seems like they thought they were building but all they were doing was just stirring and stirring and stirring all this stuff and buying biding their time until the wendigo finally busts out of frank and then it's like okay now we're into a horror yeah. movie right and yeah. they just it seems like they just did it the wrong way which I, that I was just, a whole wild scene yes that and one was like, wild that was when i was like wow it took way too long to get here because yes. now I'm 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 kind of I'm back in now. Now I'm I an hour and fifteen that. minutes into this yeah. movie, and yes. something interesting finally happened. Yes, and it's like now I now I do want to see it. There's just, but then there's like there's I, I don't know. Like I said, you were talking about pieces that just don't add up. I mean, so Lucas is twelve, right? They yeah. say he's twelve, which would yep. put him in sixth or seventh grade, give mm -hmm. or take. And they're watching Othello. Like in his <laughs> in his storytelling class, right? Like yeah. in, at the beginning, she's like, "All right, what's a myth, fable, or fairy tale?" And there's the one yeah. teacher's pet, and she's like, "Ah, Goldilocks. Yeah, let's talk about that. Cool, cool." <laughs> and she does the great teacher thing where she's obvious; she's ignoring like that one kid yeah, yeah. that always answers everything to try to give other kids a chance. And so I was like, "Okay, so these kids don't, you know, they're they're learning about fables, myths, and fairy tales. Cool. That's that's a great that's a great unit. I love teaching that unit at any age." Which that. That is kind of a cop out for the movie because the movie is about a folklore 
yeah fable fairy tale so but yeah. i mean it's cool it works with the theme yeah so. i mean like and, and i i you know that's 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 kind of like a you know that's a horror movie trope right where yeah, like yeah. the high school kids are le- like oh the knowledge that i just recently gained <laughs> that's gonna help <laughs> but like i said if this is sixth or seventh grade then all of a sudden they've got the old school projector yeah sure yeah. whatever fine. yeah <laughs> in the age of dvd players yeah exactly YouTube. And then it's just like, and then you're, I like, I had this, like, I was watching with the subtitles on and I was like, I, I think they're watching Othello. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there and I'm staring and it's like, yo, Iago. And I was like, son of a bitch, they're watching Othello. It's like when I read Othello in the ninth grade, it was over my head. I'm like yeah. it still took a minute, like for me to understand. And I was like, this is, uh, this class a day, maybe two days ago, couldn't wouldn't raise their hand and give you like a fable fairy tale or myth. And so you're like, ah, fuck it. Let's watch Othello. Like I'm it yeah. was there were well, so kids many are, like, weird things. Kids are maturing faster these days. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, maybe they would maybe get Othello. Yeah, maybe it's age appropriate now. Yeah, but it's it's an odd choice for a sixth, seventh grade oh, classroom. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. They could but have they, gone with any other movie. Maybe yeah, that's the only one they had rights to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is in the public domain. Yeah, like we can we can put Othello up. But it was just like there were there were little odd choices, like all of those things that just I don't know. They, like I said, there were just so many times where I could tell, I could tell that they thought they were building tension. I could yeah. tell that that was the idea behind what we were watching. It just, it just kept falling flat for me. And so I did what I, I almost never do this, but I did go to, I did go to the internet today and I was like, let me just make sure that I'm not just <laughs> blindly shitting on something that like everybody loves. Right. Because yeah. I just wanted to know, I was like, I can't be alone. And I, it's interesting because the number one, I, 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 I immediately felt better about when we were going to get to this point. Cause the number one thing everybody talks about is they're like, this screenplay was dumpster fire and i'm like okay cool all right so we're good on that like we all agree that those things didn't play out and i just i wish that there had been like you said just more lucas more wendigo i mean i understand that they weren't after the idea of like a slasher monster movie but that thing was so cool like they should have let it kill more people when we did when we did the Candyman remake we uh dave and i both had a problem with the fact that that we we got we didn't get to see like the actual kills we got to see the lead up to it and then we got to see the aftermath of it yeah and you know there there are times with like my the original my bloody valentine where this is done for budgeting reasons the showing Mm -hmm. the actual kill is expensive but then with Candyman, it was the same type of thing they were trying to like build this mystique of it all and i guess that's what they were after but like at one point, in what what could have been one of the coolest scenes in the whole movie, the Wendigo jumps out of a tree oh, and yeah. like pounces on this kid. And on the one hand, I would say, ah, nobody wants, you know, it's like, ah, I get it. You don't want to show a kid being killed. But at the same time, like that would have been a really cool death scene. Like I would have yeah. liked to have seen that play out. Or and- even just show it jumping out of the tree. You yeah, know, as not a, just in soft focus. Monster. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that shot blew my mind. I was like, "Wait, I did get to see him when he killed that kid." I had to go back in my notes because I remember that, <laughs> and then I went back and I wrote it in, and I was like, "But 
we don't really see anything. Right. You just it's see just, a black ball. Yeah, it's like a blur yeah. that, that's out of focus. They just what they did do here that I did really like was was they they like I said earlier, they explored they didn't just go with, you know, a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot or something like that that everybody knows. Wendigo's not a super deep cut. But it's also not gonna make many people's rush more of of cryptids, right? It's yeah. So it was, it was cool to have them go and, and do that, and the, the 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 story that they kind of presented with all of that. I did appreciate that part of the story. I did appreciate that they they kind of set some rules and, and played by them. Yeah. Um, but like you said, there's there's this idea that that it got weaker. And yeah, like all of a sudden it was afraid of fire. And I was, I was yeah. very, I was very confused. <laughs> it's got fire for a heart. Yeah. You know, what, what is the little flare going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It was not afraid of that flare when Frank was holding it. Yes. At all. Exactly. That was the thing. It was like, wait, the very first time we saw this thing, it dominated a dude with a flare in its hand. Yeah. And, and that dude was possibly a meth addict. We don't know that he was high on it at the time. <laughs> But I've seen Crystal accomplish some amazing things. <laughs> and the guy, and it was, and it, it didn't slow him down at all. Yeah. And now all, you know, 118 pounds of Carrie Russell waves <laughs> a flare in this thing's face. And it's, ooh, it's, it's, it's Frankenstein's monster all of a sudden, right? When, with, with villagers waving torches in his face. Yeah. And, and again, like stuff like that, it, Yes, they said that when he feeds, he gets weaker. So I, I didn't think about that till you said it. So I guess there is some logic to that. The story gets weaker also as it feeds. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, well played, sir. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, it's, they just, I, I don't know, man. It was so weird and it, it felt it felt like it, it, this was one of those, you know, what is it? Re, you know, uh, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Like they, they yeah. didn't, I don't know if they made it high enough to like see the stars. Right. Like they, <laughs> they never they, left orbit. <laughs> no. Yeah. They, they should, they, they got it. There's like one of those weather balloons that people send up with a GoPro. They got yeah, them about yeah. that high, you know? Yeah. And like, I just, I, I wanted more of, of the things I didn't get. And then the stuff that they did give me it, like you said, it just, it didn't matter. And so this story just, it just circled the drain until it had this one big gasp of getting the Wendigo and, and seeing it and it, and it fighting, but then it still, it didn't get a great death either. Right. Like yeah, it, it no, was sudden, it yeah. suddenly afraid of fire. Yeah. It takes, it takes a steel rod in the chest, like four <laughs> times and throws it to the ground but then a kid with, I don't know, what was that, a Bowie knife at best? Yeah, it was like a little, yeah, it was small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like like all of a sudden, he gets at it, and it is it is crippled. It is yeah. done. It can't even fight back as she saws it still beating hard out of its chest. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what? I don't, I'm so confused. By Another so thing things. about the heart scene was when she rips the heart out, it's, it's obviously inflamed or whatever. Yes, it's it's hot. obviously hot. 
but she pulls it all the way out and she's holding it for like three seconds before it actually burns her yeah she's like oh oh i'm supposed to react that this is hot yeah yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) carrie russell's pain response was on a tape delay there she's she's holding it like oh that is what (laughs) it's the it's the adrenaline oh there we go it was it's the adrenaline (laughs) so but speaking of carrie russell there's oh, yeah. a pretty small cast here in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're look, we've got Carrie Russell, we got Jesse Plemons, we've got um, and then we've got just a couple other people, and we've got Lucas. So yeah. we don't have a huge cast. So everybody had plenty of time to let these characters breathe. So who do you think made the most of it? Where where do you, who do you think shined? Well, give me give me some characters here. Well, the character that definitely made the most of it was um jeremy t thomas as lucas yeah i think um but i'm gonna get back to him because i think carrie russell did a pretty good job with her character um she spent the whole movie just looking disheveled and and um what's the word i used here um she she just looks like she's tortured in some manner right from obviously her past from her dad crying on a bed after she is the obvious assaulter. Right. Um, (laughs) But uh, there, there's one scene in particular where she really like sells her character. And it's when she's playing the piano and her dad comes up behind her and he's like grabbing her and putting his hand down her shirt. And then Paul comes in and scares her and her reaction to that scare was so believable to me. Yes. That it looked like a legitimate reaction. Like she was actually scared. Yeah. And then like realizing she needed to come back. Like maybe they just, she wasn't expecting him to be there during that scene. And that he came in and scared <laughs> the ever living shit out of her because it was real. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they had done something like that, I would kind of, you know, cause you're right. It was, it was very believable in that moment. Yeah. And the, like the way she was breathing and reacting was just very, that, that was awesome. Uh, Jesse Plemons uh, as Paul, I think that they chose him for that character because of the way he acts. I immediately recognized him from black mirror. That, yes. uh, the spaceship computer episode was yes, so fantastic. Good. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah, that what was, what was, uh, what was it? it was the 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 the, the USS Callister, the USS yeah, Callister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, great. Yes, episode. That that episode was outstanding. Um, you know, I just the way he looks as a person is perfect for that role. Like 95% of the time, his demeanor is so calm that it's almost unsettling. Like, yes. There's people missing in the town. He doesn't care. He has to go kick people out of their houses because he's a he's the sheriff and he has to evict people. And he, right. he he's obviously bothered by that. But he's so like the way he looks whenever he's talking about it is just like kind of unsettling. And when she's talking about going to the house and he's like the the kind of smile that he has on his face and he's like, you went to their house. You can't do that. Yeah. And he just looks strange. I think he's one of the creepiest people in the show. Yeah, dude. No, I I like Jesse Plemons is is part of what drew me to this. I yeah. do love Jesse Plemons. Uh, Black Mirror, incredible. Um, Breaking Bad as yeah. as like the as like the 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 like understudy skinhead guy, right? In the in the in the, the last season. Yeah. Um, he's in it, Game Night too. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the okay. crazy neighbor in Game Night that 
is like super creepy the whole time. <laughs> I haven't seen that. And nobody wants to hang out with him. It's but hilarious. he's also in um Judas and the Black uh, Judas and the Black Messiah or uh, the yeah Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I believe is what that movie was called. Let me make sure I'm saying that one right. Yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. He's in that, and he's incredible in it. But he, it's it's interesting because I, I think you're right. This is a guy who is always picked to play like the same kind of character. Yeah. Yep. But you don't. You, you're not like disappointed. You don't. You don't feel like ah, like it's Jesse Plemons doing the same thing because he's <laughs> he's really good at it. Like oh, when yeah. he does it. And yeah. and so I was I was hyped. I was hyped when I saw Jesse Plemons attached to this. It's one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to go do it because I agree with you. It was, it was strange because yeah, he wasn't supposed to be one of the creepy ones, and yet, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and it, oh, and we're telling you know story parts that just kind of seem thrown out of nowhere. Kerry Russell goes off on him at one point. You don't know. You didn't have to hide in that vent. You did, he didn't. Blah blah blah. And he's just like, you don't know what he did to me. Yeah, and it's like, oh and man, the way that, he just says it, it's just yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like it's conversation like that, over. Yeah, it's like you him saying that one line was more compelling than like anything really she like she was supposed to have gone through. Yeah. Like the way he's so deadpan just drops that one line and, yeah. and just just puts her in her place. It was like shit, this guy is so good. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea what he did to me. Right. Okay, so Jeremy T. Thomas, that's the one I want to talk about real quick. By the way, I really hope that they fed him after the movie was over. Because <laughs> right? He obviously, he looks malnourished. So, uh, yeah, I hope they made sure he had plenty to eat after the yeah. show was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, he does He does a really, I mean, he absolutely destroys his role. He He's just it's very mysterious. Uh, he, he doesn't really talk a lot. Um, he does a really good job of, bringing the food back to his family, you know, right. finding dead animals on the side yeah. of the road. Did he kill that skunk, by the way? I, I like, I was trying to like, I guess maybe he killed the skunk. Like I was like, I was waiting for the skunk to be in the bully's backpack, but then yeah, they said yeah. that it was like shit in there. Yeah. So, so I still don't know. But then, but then it was like the, the, the stuffed monkey's head. So I'm wondering if he like sprayed the stuffed monkey oh, with yeah, the skunk maybe. and then put that in the kid's backpack. And they just thought it was like dog shit. Cause it smelled bad. Yeah, but I mean, how could you not smell that, you know, from a million miles away? Like, walk, like as soon as he picked up his backpack, before he even opened it, he would have had yeah. to smell that. Oh, yeah, you could smell it. Like, you, maybe, somebody somebody yeah. runs over one on the interstate, and you can smell it with your windows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he does. He, I mean, he, he's, he, he portrays himself very well as, like, this creepy, neglected, malnourished kid who is just trying to do right by his brother, and he's he doesn't really he's he doesn't try to bother anybody, but he finds himself in all this trouble and yeah. uh, somehow makes a way out of it. But well, kind of, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it definitely it, it definitely has some moments, I guess. But yeah. um, I I agree with you. Like, I, I'll start with with Jeremy T. Thomas, man. He does. He's so good at. um what he's delivering in that movie and, and everything that he's got going on, like when he stands up and he's, he's going to share his story and oh, he, yeah. and he starts to tell this, like that was bone chilling the oh, yeah. way that he's telling that story about how there were the three bears and, you know, two of them left and came back and, 
and and the way he's delivering that story. And we've kind of seen his illustrations at this point. So we know there's something weird there. Mm -hmm. And like he, that moment when he's telling that story, that's when I was like, oh shit. Like I hope that I hope they give this kid the ball and let him run with it. Yeah. And 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 they didn't, and that was unfortunate. But when yeah. we when we did get to see his stuff like he, like when, when he when he's going home and he sees when he realizes what's happened and he sees that it's the principal uh that that somebody's like you know exposed the principal's car or whatever or no he sees that there's the extra car and, and sees that it's the principal's mm -hmm. and so then he he goes in and he goes up the steps and he sees the husk of his dad's body or whatever and and just it's it's instantaneous the way he reacts but his it's his body and like his mind are working at different speeds because you can see in his face how scared he is and what he he knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, but he immediately like takes to the next time we see him, he's cleaning blood, right? Yeah. And he's he's cleaning everything up, and he did such a great job of portraying this kid that's had to raise himself while trying to take care of his very sick dad and brother without ever really knowing exactly what it is, but kind of putting it together. Yeah. And he just, the scene uh, equally, equally frightening to when he tells his story is the scene when he's sitting there in the dark and he's got his flashlight and you hear his brother on the other side of the door. And he's like, Lucas, mm -hmm. I'm hungry. Lucas and his brother starts crying and he sits there and he just like puts on those headphones and, and hugs I mean, that doll. Yeah. And just hugs that doll and your, your heart just shatters. Yeah. Like, I mean, just a million pieces on the floor for this kid at this point, he was able to take his screen time and his limited dialogue and portray so much like this kid brought so, so many levels of acting and of ability to the screen that it was, it was a masterclass. We talk about how great Jesse was. We talk about Jesse Plemons. We talk about, uh, you know, uh, Carrie Russell doing a good job, but this kid stole the show. Oh, he yeah. was the most intriguing part of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Watching his pain, learning his story. It was so, so good. I, that was when I was done watching it and at all, all I texted you was, I was like, I just finished it. And I think you replied, <laughs> it was something right. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. That, was was the entire, that was the entire discussion <laughs> that we had before this episode started. And so I texted you and I'm sitting there and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch something else before I go to bed. And and I was as I was sitting there, I was watching um, American Horror Stories. By the way, I'm, I'm getting yeah, caught yeah. up on that on Hulu, and uh, watching this episode and it was kind of boring. So like I, I was kind of <laughs> in and out on the episode, and, and that's what I kept going back to as I was thinking about the episode. And I still had my notes there and stuff like that. I just kept coming back to how good his performance was, and and like I said, we we I I love I love Jesse Plemons, and, and I mean he outshined him. Carrie Russell. Mm -hmm. I mean, Felicity was Felicity was a, was a big part of of my teenage years, right? I loved Felicity. <laughs> Felicity was a good show. It, it tackled a lot. Plus, it had Amy Jo Johnson on it, so not mad about that either. <laughs> but it, you know, at the same time, 
this movie could have benefited from the storyline of uh, Carrie Russell cutting her hair and it being all anybody could talk about, like yeah, uh, yeah. like in Felicity, right? Because she just didn't, I don't know. It's like it never clicked for her. And she's a good actress. She's done plenty of good things. But I don't know if if the role never just never spoke to her. I don't know if the if the 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 confusion of what her past was and how it yeah. was playing into her present bled over into her performance and left her confused yeah. about how she was supposed to go. But I, I was I was I was I was a little bit sad by by her performance because I just I, I don't know. I didn't get out of it as much as I hoped to. I, I mean, I thought, I thought, obviously, I thought she did an amazing job just because it's hard to just look that distraught all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, and you've got a fair point there. And maybe it, she was distraught because she didn't know what she was supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was genuine distress, believe it or not. Like, I want to I see that behind the scenes feature yeah. where it's like, you, you did this amazing job of just looking stressed out all the time. She's like, it's because nobody gave me any direction. Um, didn't quite know what anybody was after. Yeah. They just kept saying, wait till we get to the Wendigo. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, there's, there, there, there's, there's a couple other parts here that just, but nothing really worth, you know, uh, singing, singing the praises of um amy madigan who i i think is is a great actress she was in gone baby gone um and some other stuff like that but she she did a fine job as the principal yeah she did it she did a really good i did really enjoy her being the one to find the dad and brother oh yeah as kind of a, a story element there because it it I, you know, we, I think we were all just like waiting for that moment when Julia was going to go into the house and find him. Mm -hmm. And then when she kind of thought better of it and turned around, that made sense for her character. Cause she's, she's just a teacher. She's not supposed mm -hmm. to be, you know, going into these kids houses and stuff like that. So then when, you know, when the principal goes, that's like, all right, well, that makes a little bit more sense. This is somebody who's a little bit more, this is somebody in an authoritarian role. So I did enjoy that, that they let her, that they let her find it. And she did a fine job, but yeah, it was, I don't know, man. Like I said, just that, that some of that stuff with, with, uh, with Paul and Julia, it just, it just never really added up. Like I couldn't figure out like, did he, so was he abused too, but he never left. And so, yeah. you know, he just stayed there the whole time and he was there when they died and she wasn't, was there some resentment there? Stuff like that, I, I don't know. Like it's, I'm, I'm all for filling in the blanks occasionally, but they just left us some really big blanks here. And I, but I will say, I do think that you're right. And the actors gave us everything they could to fill yeah. those blanks. I think that I don't think that there's any, you know, like head cannon behind the scenes knowledge of what was going on between any of these characters that we didn't get out of the movie. I just think that that was an area where they decided to kind of let it breathe and. And some some of them did it and some of them didn't. Uh, but, you know, when, when we do look at some of the characters, though, and we look at like the dad mm -hmm. and some of the special effects that went into that were really cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't he didn't have to do much. But the shining star of the special effects here is when we do finally get to see the Wendigo. And so the Wendigo is is an interesting uh, is an interesting idea 
to put into a movie because the the Wendigo is is a it's a pretty important tradition among um uh American Indian, Native American tribes. Um, I looked it up to find out specifically kind of which ones. And the the wiki says that it is of Algonquin speaking peoples. And it's one that you kind of see. I feel like the Wendigo is territory that's often very narrowly kind of explored. I believe they've done a Wendigo once or twice on Supernatural. I think early Mm. in the X-Files, it may have been explored. Uh, there's a Marvel character named Wendigo. I believe he's a Wolverine bad guy. Uh, doesn't really have anything to do with anything, yeah. but you know, it is something that's out there and it's weird because I was reading about the Wendigo today and it kind of, it toes this really weird line between being a cryptid and being a myth because it does have the elaborate backstory of this one guy who got stranded, turned to cannibalism, and then was cursed. It's got that mythological element. But there is a cryptid element to it in that, you know, uh, stories and lore from these tribes is full of firsthand accounts of people running into these things and experiencing them. So then now you're in cryptid territory. Yeah. And so it's an interesting take. And it was cool to see them get into this. But so what do you think of this representation that we were given of the Wendigo here? Um, uh, I, I wrote down a bunch of notes, but uh, I don't I'm, I'm not going to go by them because <laughs> the, the lore that we're given from the, the Native American man in the movie is that he eats. Um, he can't be. uh his hunger can't be satiated and he eats and he gets weaker when he eats and he has to be killed in the weakened state by removing his heart. And then it goes on to find its next victim after that. So, you know, in the movie, you kind of lose hope that you can even ever get rid of this thing. Right. Because it's always going to have the next host. And in the movie, apparently it can affect more than one host at a time. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole weird thing. Yeah. Right. Like, is it, is it like, is it like a virus? Because (laughs) the one attacks the dad, we have no indication of them killing that one. Yeah. But then the dad gets infected. Somehow one son does and not the other. Yeah. But then, (laughs) then at the end, they portray it like, you know what he's going to become. It's like, it's like having a, a tiger cub and it's like, well, and then How she wipes the that? black stuff from his mouth. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then it's Jesse Plemons who then suddenly he has it. Coughing and has coughs up black stuff and has it coming out of his eye. <laughs> so apparently, it can affect more than one person at a time. And the time frame at which it takes to turn that person into uh, a Wendigo is questionable. Yeah, at, at best? best, like I think that <laughs> I'm. I think that it's like. The way I kind of piece it together is if you get if you get attacked by one, you get infected with it, right? Kind of like a werewolf scenario, zombie uh, scenario. Yeah. But then you don't fully transform into it unless you actually eat human flesh. That's what happened to Frank's dad. Right. So but did did Aiden get attacked by it whenever he was, you know? 
and therein lies the problem, right? <laughs> like why? Oh, is he just close enough to it? Which is, if that's the case, why isn't Julia? Right. And why has Lucas made it this far with no signs of transforming, yeah. but they're convinced that he's going to, yeah. but like his brother and his dad are, you know, they fully, they fully turned like, yeah. like a- Aiden yeah. was, Aiden was one, you know, chunk of leg away from, from <laughs> erupting like, like that. So I, it, it was like, they took, they took like this vampire, zo- like the zombie werewolf idea. They combined it with, uh, like a, an alien face hugger thing. Yeah. Right. Cause the face hugger is not, you know, the face hugger just puts the alien in you and then it bursts out of you. It's like, it, it's like when you get attacked, you become a host for the Wendigo until <laughs> you, until you eat human flesh and then it's strong enough to burst out of you. I, yeah. I don't know that, that, that was weird. Uh, but the, you know, they did uh, the Wendigo itself in this movie. Uh, oh, I will say this. So, I looked up movies that have to deal with the Wendigo and I found, you know, there's like a handful of movies. Most of them went straight to DVD or only made like a thousand dollars. So big busts in the box office. Um, But in doing so, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, the main theme of that has to deal with the Wendigo. Yeah, I had I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. Um, like now that I stop it, I, I, now that I stop and think about, it, I do remember that. Now you're right. Much more effective in that movie. Yes. Um. But they they did do the Wendigo some justice by making it look cool. Yeah. And making it super duper strong, strong enough to pierce through a whole man and break down the wall and knock out freaking Paul. Yeah. So. Uh. But yeah, it looked it looked awesome. Oh yeah! But once but, you finally get yeah, to see once it, once you finally do see it, like, and not only once you finally see it, like once you start to see it emerge at all, we got a really cool oh. transformation scene, you know, where where it starts to burst out and the antlers are coming out of the mouth and some stuff like that. You, we did get our hands on. I, I you know, I almost wonder if just that one scene and the actual portrayal of the Wendigo is how. Guillermo del Toro got a producer credit in this, right? Like it, because let's, I mean, if you're going to make a monster movie and you're going to try to create something that's unlike anything people have seen before, that's the guy you're going to go to. Yeah. And, and so, because yeah, once we do see him looks awesome. I mean, just, just looks huge, looks strong, looks like he's like made of a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. The burning heart inside the ribs, too. That was pretty. Yeah. That was an outstanding effect. Yes, for they, the cause of the Wendigo. Or whatever. Yeah, what like you know, like we said earlier. Unfortunately, it's like an hour and ten minutes in before we got yeah. to all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once yeah. we got to all that, yeah, we've got a pretty cool creature feature on our hands. Um, the the idea of of the Wendigo, like I said, I've I've seen it. I've seen it portrayed in a couple things. Um, I I do like it. Plus, it's you know it's a cool word to say, uh, yeah. you know like you know it's, just, it's fun to say. I get it. I like that they and I don't know maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's hack, but I did like that they 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 like went to like the native speaker and were like, "What is all this?" And he's like, "Oh, it just like grabs the book." I was like, "All right, that's fun. Like that's horror movie trope, right? Like you go to the the old person who knows the area. That's fine. I get all that." 
But yeah, once we saw the Wendigo and the special effects were able to take off, we got some really good stuff here. I mean, I almost, I, I almost made it the background of the episode here. If you're watching us live, uh, I almost made it the background, but the, when I tried it, you weren't able to see it. When we very first, when Julia very first comes face to face with the Wendigo and it looks up at her and it's still wearing Frank's face. And <laughs> it was, it was so gross and so creepy. And it was, it was such a cool moment where it's like, there we go. Now you sold me on the fact that this thing is terrifying, right? Yeah. And it just like pulls it off and throws it to the side. It's like, okay, yeah, this is scary. This is, this is fun. Like, this is what I thought I was going to get more of in this movie. I think that the Wendigo is the saving grace of this movie. But I also think that once we do finally see it, it hurts the movie and the fact that we wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about it, it, them saving it for a while. Yeah, save it for a while, but not that long. Like, give me, give me like some, I don't know. Give me a little bit more. If you're not going to actually let me see it, let me see, let me see it actually kill somebody. Let me see the death or something. Give me something that keeps me invested in the Wendigo as a character. And that's, I don't know. I I I, I do. I, I want to stand firm on the fact that the Wendigo is the saving grace of this, and that maybe it does benefit. This particular movie doesn't benefit from waiting so long to see it. Let me say it that way. There are movies <laughs> where you tell a good story, and and you can you can carry it without seeing the monster. This movie would have benefited from seeing the monster mm-hmm. earlier. And being more of it, because like we said, when he jumps out of the tree in focus, that could have been an amazing scene. That could have been something that was cool. Even if I didn't get a close up of a kid getting killed, even if it had been from far away, but in focus, that would have been awesome. That would have been something worth talking about because this is a monster movie. But we don't even like I was I went to like look at maybe making like a blood and guts category, but there's not a lot of that. We get a couple of we get a couple of of some good effects on like bodies that are already there when they find the guy who was with Frank and he was in Mm -hmm. two pieces. We do get some really cool effects um, of him like laying on the coroner's table and they're talking about I've never seen anything like this. I don't know who did this, stuff like that. There's. It's just, again, it's just all over the place. And, and I feel like I, I feel, I feel manic talking about it because I'm trying to track these parts that I liked and these parts that I didn't. And it never had a flow. And so the Wendigo saving it was great, but it was too little too late. Yeah. Do you think it would have been cooler if, uh, you know, he takes the face off and throws it to the side? Or do you think it would have been more towards the character that we were given in the story of the Wendigo to pull the face off and eat it? Right. There we go. You pull it off, you eat it because it's a insatiable hunger, right? Yeah. There's yep. human flesh right there on his face. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been awesome. That would have been way cooler. <laughs> uh, I just like, yes, 100%. Didn't think about it at the time, but that you mentioned it. I'm pissed off that it didn't happen. <laughs> um. uh, that's how it should have happened yes exactly this this movie 
was such, I don't know, man. Like there, there are so many words that we've used so many times and, and, and I feel like so few of them are applicable to this movie. I, there's part of me that, that, okay. So I chose this movie. Cause I, like I said, I was like, I don't want Dave <laughs> to miss like a classic. Right. And I texted Nick and I was like, it's like 50% on rotten tomatoes. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's been on streaming forever. Like this, this seems like the type of thing Dave won't mind missing. And when it's all said and done, I don't think Dave is going to mind missing this. Oh one. man. But at the it, same it, time, like, I think he's going to like get this episode and be listening as he's uploading and be like, well, shit, now I have to watch it. <laughs> oh man. His take on it though, would have been just, he would have just been straight shitting on this movie yes. for a oh, whole yeah. hour and a half. Oh yeah. He'd, yeah. He'd, he'd have massacred <laughs> this. So, you know, they, they did something cool in, in going and, and trying to get something new, but, it just didn't work for him, man. I, it's just, it was just all over the place. It worked in its place, but this, it, the, the, the patient was too far gone at this point. Right. Yeah. Like we'd been, we'd been trying to revive this movie for an hour plus at that point, And, and it just wasn't going to happen. It, at least, at least it did happen at the end. But like we said, when we talked about the story, but then you portray it as like this, this, you know, this, unstoppable thing that that pierces the guy with no problem that that shatters a wall and is just slamming Paul around and then yeah a road flare and a buoy knife and it's out and I'm <laughs> I just, mean it should have eaten Dan too by the way and yeah like, why when did Paul got there Dan? it should have been there just gnawing down on Dan yeah 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 like why did why did it draw insatiable hunger yeah why <laughs> did it not eat Dan exactly like I, mm, I don't know. Like yeah. the, the the kid that it ate already wasn't that big. No, I don't. You know, because the other thing is, and I guess that part of it comes with with how long you've been done. But Aiden is there in the box, dead body right there. He's pretty well gone at that point. What stopped him from eating that body? Like the dad attacking the the principal when she yeah, came, I, right? Like. Mm. But when, when the Wendigo does finally die, you do see him become like fully possessed. Yes. Like his eyes change. He's yelling. Yeah, there's that, which, oh, that weird noise. That was also one of the scariest parts of the movie was when you don't ever see the Wendigo, but you hear it. Yes. And that, no, that noise alone, they're like, they're like, well, if we just use that noise, or loud noises, scary noises, then we can keep this going long enough to get to the 15 minutes where we actually show the real end. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it, it's all over the place. It, it's, 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 it's wonky at parts, but, you know, that's going to take us to the point where, where now, you know, we're, I, I think, I think it's time that we rate it. it this is a oh, movie man. that, it's, if, if, if you listen all the time and you're looking, you're saying, wow, I mean, these guys got through this quickly. Unfortunately, this movie just didn't give us a lot of substance to cover. If you're thinking that we just left out big chunks of this and 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 that's why we're not going for 90 minutes, then you yeah, you didn't watch it. You're just listening to us. There's Get just, off here and go watch it. Yeah, go go watch it. And then and then you hit us up, uh, shiverpot at gmail.com and tell me about all the important important plot points that we didn't discuss. Yeah. So it's time that we rate. So if you're new to the show, if you're coming back, we remind you every episode, we rate each movie 
against itself only. We're not rating this against Pet Cemetery, which also had a Wendigo, or that one episode of Supernatural. We're just talking about antlers. We're rating it only against itself. So in order to do that, we are going to create a unique rating system for every movie that we do. And had a couple of ideas here, um, but I'm going to go with the one that doesn't confuse us about who was sexually assaulted. <laughs> and I'm going to one of, one of the, one, one of the options. I was like, maybe we're going to do naked crying dads. And I was like, you know what? Let's not do that one because that scene was very confusing. <laughs> so what we're going to go with is out of a possible five warding bags, which we learn are bags that keep these things away out of a possible five warding bags. What do you give antlers? Nick? Well, Okay, so speaking of the warding bags, how well do they even work? They didn't keep it in the tunnel. Nope. They, I mean, it didn't protect, the principal was holding it when she was attacked. Yeah. It, they so don't seem to do much. They work about as well as the whole movie itself. <laughs> um, and you know, it sucks because Jeremy T. Thomas did do such a great job that I feel like people need to see this movie for his performance. Right. But is that performance enough for me to give it three and a half, four uh, warding bags? I don't think so. I think I, I'm going to go three simply because I like the camera shots that we got. Uh, I thought those are really good. Uh, I like the job that Jeremy T. Thomas did and the Wendigo itself. Once you finally get to see it, once you work through the entire movie, just trying to revive the whole thing uh, does look really awesome. So I think I think I'm going to go three. I, I don't think I can go less just because I would say watch this movie just to see Jeremy T. Thomas's performance. Fair. So uh, on in that same idea. Right. Uh, like we've talked about the story kind of all over the place. Some of the stuff dead ends doesn't add anything. Um, doesn't help. Uh, we did get some very, we did get some good performances. Uh, so on kind of a, the, along using the same metrics as you. Yeah. There's definitely a warding bag in this um, that is earned solely based on, um, uh, on Lucas's performance. He did an incredible job. He portrayed this abused, malnourished neglected child perfectly did an absolutely amazing job so there's one there uh yes the wendigo once we finally see it is dope and it was very cool oh hiccup excuse me it was very cool looking they did some awesome stuff with it it had some good scenes it didn't have enough but it is worth another warding bag your third one is for the shots there and that's where i'm not gonna give that one because this, the the shots that we got that I think that they wanted to build atmosphere were really serene. Like we got they <laughs> it, like we got some really great where it's like, man, if I woke up and like opened my door and saw that, that'd be a great morning, right? Like these cool foggy <laughs> mountains and shit. Like those didn't add to the tension for me. As a matter of fact, they killed it in a lot of places and it led to that feeling of boredom that I have. So I can't give it that third warding bag that you gave him for that one. So I am going to sit on this one at two. Oh, wow. This, yeah. I, I just, and like I said, at the very top, man, it's, I've, I've, I've given, I've given a lot of credit to a lot of movies that, that, that Dave hasn't liked. Right. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I liked deep house. I liked, um, 
I liked the Candyman remake because I wasn't bored in those movies. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, I spent so much of this movie bored. And, you know, it's it's always telling as to whether, like, I will always, I'm, I'm, I'll pretty much always check my phone at some point, but it's usually just to be like, where do I know that guy from? But, like, if I'm watching a movie and I'm actually, like, checking to see, like, I don't know, if I got any text messages or, like, what's going on on Facebook, like, that's a problem. And, and I kept finding myself, like, starting to do that with this movie. And so... I, just that that fact that it just kind of bored me. Yeah, I'm, this is, is the lowest rating I've given one yet. And I knew it was bound <laughs> to happen eventually. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give this one two warning bags. See, okay, so I give it the one and a half for Jeremy T. Thomas's performance. A, a one for the Wendigo and then a half for the camera. <laughs> okay. The reason why I'm giving it the extra for the camera shots is because they do do a good job of create like the whole movie is kind of drab and dark. And, okay. That's fair. And whatever. And I mean, those opening scenes while they are serene, they, I, I think they look outstanding and I'm a sucker for a very clear picture, I guess. <laughs> hey, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fair, right? Like, I, you know, it's it, different, different things hit people different ways. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like when, Every character in the story has a shitty life. Yeah. And so terrible. I guess if you're looking at it as drab, then yeah, yeah. Then, then that does set the right scene. I just, I just got a different feel from it. So yeah, that's fine. Um, in the words of Dave, <laughs> if I'm mathing correctly, that's going to let this one sit at two and a half stars uh, yeah. or excuse me, warning bags, two and a half warning bags uh, for antlers. I, you know what? At two and a half, I believe this is kind of a check it out at your own risk movie. Yeah. Right. You um, you might yeah. you might find just enough out of it like Nick did. You might find yourself bored like me. There are people who praise this thing online. I'm just not one of them. You might end up a crying naked dad on the bed. <laughs> you clutching might. some kind of stuffed animal. Yeah, you may. <laughs> you may, because we still don't know what got to him. <laughs> it was the movie. It was the it plot. was the movie. It was he it, that was that was him as he got he got like the dailies and he was like, oh, no. Oh no. Oh no. They didn't right. that that scene was never planned. <laughs> Whenever they went to get him for the shooting, he was in there crying. That was just him. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, we rolling. We rolling. Hey. Roll this. Somebody what's wrong, this. man? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh well, Nick, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on. And, and this is the first time that that um that I've done this without Dave and you were spectacular. Thank you so much. Yeah, um glad I could you got help. anything going on? How'd your game thing go? Oh, it went terrible. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of awesome games came up from that game jam, just not mine. I could not get <laughs> oh, it to no. work to save my life. So yeah, I presented nothing. I got oh. some cool art. But. Okay, we'll take cool art. That's yeah, better yeah. Than made a really cool little dice man in Blender. Okay, yeah. So we're but. making progress. Yeah, you just yeah. carry it. Now you I just, just got to give Dice Man his own game. Could not get him to run around. He was paralyzed. And then whenever I got him into the game and I was moving him around, it just wasn't working the way I wanted it to. And like he was stuck on top of some invisible capsule, and when I moved him around, it would like fall off and. Then I was able to get him into a different game whenever I decided that I was going to do a different game. And I just, it was way too late in the 48 hours to even do anything with that. So, 
Oh, hold on here. Oh, hey. hey. Bring himself in. <laughs> hey, you're, you, you, you missed the whole thing, man. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're oh, we just laying in everything. Uh, see, I, uh, uh. <laughs> did you watch it? <laughs> No, I I didn't. Uh, I I I was uh, I was catching the the ratings here at the end, uh, and and, and uh, Debona was like, "Hey, uh, this is the first one I've done without Dave," and I was like, "No, it's not." Ah. And now I've still and never done an just walked through the door. Uh, so I was like, "Ah, let, let let me jump on and say hi to Nick and Danny." Nice, awesome. Well, uh, well, I hate that your game didn't work out. Do you have anything else like that coming up or anything? Oh Maybe. no, I no. don't. I no. don't. Oh, okay. Not right just, now. Just I, I mean, I am still working on that sort of stuff, but it, it, currently it's just work. <laughs> so <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, uh, to let you know, Dave, this episode of Shiver is better than the movie. I feel confident in that. In, in, in that. So. If you've been listening and you've enjoyed and you've not followed us on an, on any social media, um, I uh, oh I just see now where David David commented. Normally Dave and I split like these things, and I forgot to click back from comments from where I put up the uh, the <laughs> ah, David been commenting. Anyway, if you have not followed us on a social media, why not? Right, we're out there. We're doing the damn thing. I try to post some memes. I try to keep our story going. We're trying to put up some clips. If you're interested in following us on any social media, if you head to shiverpod.com, you will find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as a link to our YouTube show where you can watch us live and links to anywhere where you may get your podcast so that you can download and listen to us every week. This is Nick's third episode. So if you've really enjoyed him, make sure you check out Platform and Child's Play are ones that he's been on with us before. And Dave and I have done some great work here. We've got like the next month and a half planned out. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Hollywood is being nice to us just as a heads up because we have gotten a couple DMs. Yes, we will be doing the Hellraiser reboot as <laughs> soon as it is out. It comes out on a Friday. We will be doing it the following Wednesday. And we should have a special guest on with that. So if you are listening, if you're following us on social media and you like the show and you've got something to say about a horror movie, hit us up. We'd love to have you on. Nick, you've been awesome. We appreciate you coming back for a third time. You can also get sweet merch. Yes, we yes. do have merchandise. Look, hey, Nick pulling his weight. We love it. If you head to Tee Public and you search for Shiver Pod or uh, Geek Bro, you can find our merchandise as well as some of our friends at the Geek Bro Network, like Pedal, Let Me Tell You, um, a dose of Ellie, kick flicks. The logo up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the logos on stuff. <laughs> I'm forgetting. What's up, bro? And I believe that Crimacopia, our sister yep. podcast, is coming back soon. So if you head to T Public and you look for Geek Bro, you can find our merch, you can find theirs. You can head to geekbro.net where you can find all their shows too. And I think I hit it all now that uh I was reminded about merch. So thank you, Nick. Yeah. Text in the mail, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Dave, we appreciate you you showing up here to to finish us up. So, yeah, Dave, points, man. We uh, we take attendance here. So, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> can't, can't mark the apps. You get these ones. So, take us out, Dave. On behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much. <laughs>